Struggling to keep track of your story and world? Archivos is for you. More intuitive than a wiki, more extensible than Scrivener, Archivos builds your story bible into your personal, always-on tactical display. Graphical relationship charting, continuity tools, this thing has it all with bonus options for fan engagement and real-time collaboration. Archivos. Story world management done right www.archivos.digital. That's www.archivos.digital. Welcome to The Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 897. Today we hear from Art, who styles himself the Noble Bear. Art asks, What are the limits of a character having a robust, formal academic background? That is, when does it become too much, even for the setting or genre? Assuming we are in the field of plausibility, how would a character go about getting such a background? For the second, I expect there are some possible hacks or exploits, like the character could drop out and go for their GED so they could immediately go on to post-secondary institutions. Another one might be a character could save time by challenging a number of courses that don't have a lab component. I know there are real and fictional examples of autodidacts out there. Hi. Goodwill Hunting comes to mind, but I want to ask about a pure formal or hybrid formal autodidact background. Um, to make it believable, well, um, you're going to need to know how the educational system works in your time period and culture. Um, having multiple PhDs was much, much easier before about 1950 than it is now. And easier between 1950 and 1970 than it is now. Than it is now, yep. Um having a lot to do with political, and by that I don't mean party politics, I mean university politics, having to do a lot with political considerations and other things like that. Um, historically, what it takes to get a PhD is to make a original contribution to human knowledge that is recognized by your peers in the field. So um, you don't have to have a bachelor's or even a master's degree to get a PhD, you just have to write the thesis that gets it recognized. One of the things that's happened politics-wise is that in order to control for the incredibly stupidly large influx of students into the university system, who frankly shouldn't be there, um, because there was a very successful marketing campaign toward this end from the 1950s onward, and especially from the 1980s onward, um, what they did is they artificially depressed the graduation requirements and the entrance requirements for the college and master's level, and then they artificially inflated the requirements for pulling down a PhD in anything but a few select fields, which are basically there to entertain the dumb people. Um, not that I have opinions or anything. I've got a book on this coming out. It's called Reclaiming Your Mind, the Autodidact's Bible. It's about the um, way that autodidacticism works and how to become an autodidact at any point in your life. But it's very much 
focused on avoiding the hellhole that is the university system right now. Um, whether you are someone who has gone through it and discovered you didn't learn a whole hell of a lot, or whether you are someone who's thinking of going into it, the trick to any education is autodidacticism. Um, engagement with mentors, learning things on your own, teaching yourself things, and learning how to have productive discussions that further your thinking on a subject. And married to that has to be a moderate amount of creativity, because original knowledge is only discovered through creative action. And creative action is the cross-fertilization of two... It's the same as with writing. The cross-fertilization of two previous ideas that have not interacted before. And the discovery of what new fields of knowledge that might open up. It's a lot easier to have a character like this in the pre-war era, and a lot easier in the pre-end of the Cold War era than it is now for reasons I've just complained about. Um, as far as what they would need to do, well, they would need to be highly cross-disciplinary in their approach to everything. Um, they need to be the kind of person who can um, master a martial art and cross-apply the lessons from martial arts into an academic field. They need to be the kind of person who can solve a differential equation and bring that math to bear on a field where it previously hasn't been brought. And they need to formulate interesting original questions that allow them access to parts of the human condition, whether it's technological, scientific, material, or cultural, that have not previously been explored. Um, in Goodwill Hunting, what you have is someone who is a naturally gifted genius. There are such people out there. Naturally gifted geniuses are people that tend to have an IQ north of 145, who tend to have a natural affinity for a subject area or a mode of thinking, whether it was trained into them very young or whether that's just how they see the world. And they look at the world and it opens them opens itself up to them in ways that it doesn't open itself up to other people, and so they have um, the ability to generate insights. They also have to be bullheaded and disagreeable enough not to give a shit what their peers think. They, If they're going to be working within the formal system, they have to be able to navigate socially in the formal system well enough to keep their critics from taking them down, especially keep their enemies from taking them down, because they will make enemies. Uh, but they have to be bullheaded enough to be willing to pursue their own course of study and damn the opinions of other people. That's a bit of a fine balance. With Goodwill Hunting, you see someone who is capable of everything but the social and political navigation in that system. And that's why Goodwill Hunting turns out the way it does. Uh, it's why he refuses the paths opened up to him in the university system and prefers to strike out on his own path that he hopes he will find more personally rewarding. Um, I'm a lifelong autodidact. I dig this stuff. This is where I live and breathe. If you are not one, A, I suggest reading the Autodidact's Bible, Reclaiming Your Mind, when it comes out. Um, and B... Study 
the careers and works of the great interdisciplinary thinkers of the past. People like Da Vinci and Benjamin Franklin is, frankly, Franklin is the best one to study because he was so all over the place. Uh, Thomas Edison. Um, God, there's so many. There's so many. Most of the people we remember as geniuses were one of two things. They were either seriously interdisciplinary thinkers or they were hyper-specialized but heavily autodidactic. The latter category would be people like um, Steve Jobs, Albert Einstein, whatnot. Um, but that, if you want to learn to write that kind of character and make it believable, what you want to do is you want you want to get their mindset close enough to correct that it will sell to a lay audience. And what you want to avoid is doing the kind of thing where you load a character up with a bunch of credentials, and then you have them reasoning, thinking, and viewing the world like a normal person would. People like this do not have a conventional moral sense. They do have a moral sense, but it's not uh, what is generally uh, socially acceptable at parties. They do not have a very... Um, congenial attitude about the sensibilities of the people around them. They tend to be highly ethically driven, despite their unconventionality. They're what uh, Jean Piaget would have called post-conventional thinkers. So also study Piaget's, uh, Piaget's uh, developmental stages of learning and moral reasoning to, uh, to get an idea of how that works. That would be what I recommend. So, um, good luck. And if you want um, good fictional examples of both credentialed and uncredentialed geniuses in fiction right now, or in recent years, I would look to characters created by Dean Devlin. Oh, yeah, he's good. He's good at that. I have to assume that he is a, a high-level genius because he's one of the few people that writes believable geniuses. Um, he did Stargate. Yeah, he, he did the movie Stargate. Yeah. He um, did Leverage, the TV show. And Independence Day. And wrote Independence Day as well with Roland Emmerich. Um, yeah, he's very good at writing. And The Magicians. Not the, not the Magicians, The Librarians. Oh, The Librarians, yeah. Yeah, he's very good at writing geniuses and unconventional thinkers. Um, in fiction, you look at the works of H.G. Wells. He was very good at this, because he was one of these thinkers himself. Look at the works of oh, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. He was so offended by his success as a fiction author that when he was knighted, he, he refused to accept the knighthood unless the queen made it clear that he was being knighted for his work as a historian <laughs> and not as a novelist. <laughs> um, he was a historian. He was, um, I don't know if he ever practiced as a metal, medical doctor, but he trained as one, as well as being an occultist and a rather successful novelist, not just of the Sherlock Holmes books, but also of the Professor Challenger books. Uh, from uh, The Lost World is the first one of that series, and those are also pretty good. Um, so, uh, Mark Twain was one of these people. Um, 
Jack London was one of these people. Your your polymaths tend to they, they tend to do a lot of different stuff, and uh, a absolute disrespect for staying in their own lane and a lust for life and novelty without being sensation junkies to the point where they can't get any depth. Those are essential character traits for this kind of character. Um, a archetypical comic book type of fictional example would be Doc Savage. And hilariously, as shallow as many of those books are, Doc Savage is actually written more or less as a believable polymath if you suspend disbelief that anyone could be that polymathic. Um, and ironically, Doc Savage, being a good leader, also surrounds himself with people who are polymaths in different areas than he's an expert in. Mm -hmm. um, and they're the ones that make up his core team. So... Those would be some people to look at. Um, most of the great authors of the 20th century who wrote more than one or two books were also polymaths. Um, especially in the science fiction field. Anybody who's won a Hugo Award, you guarantee they've got a bit of a polymath strain in them. Some of them ran away to join the circus. Some of them designed the first spacesuits. Some of them wrote treatises on the Bible and uh, did ancient history research and science popularization, as well as writing science fiction. Some of them were really, really good historians before they went and found their own way. One of them who's been on this show, who's a 21st century author, was an archaeologist who then went on to write steampunk novels. So this kind of thing happens, and it happens a lot more than you'd think. But uh, you got to open your eyes to it. And, uh, and yeah, study the biographies of these kinds of people because it does get you inside their heads. Also, check the links down. We're going to link to a couple episodes where I talked about writing believable geniuses because there's a lot of overlap with this question. Thank you very much for the question, and I'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners. Join the conversation, submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat, or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.